Hey, gang, just a quick reminder that this episode of Stuck in the 80s is sponsored by The 80s Cruise. Yeah, and if you stay tuned until after the Seggies, we have some cool news for you on three new acts who will be appearing on the 2017 voyage. Uh, you don't want to give the people a little hint now? Don't you think, Brad, that our listeners deserve a little everlasting love? Spearsy, if they just figured it out, then there really is someone to blame. You. Here's the important part. We want you to join me and Brad on the cruise, and we've worked out a deal with the organizers of the 80s cruise that's going to save you hundreds of bucks off the regular cabin rates. Plus, there's a new sweepstakes right now. Anyone booking before May 15th is entered into a drawing to win a free week of unlimited drinking. And I know this sounds like I'm making this up, but it's actually true. Easy there, Spearsy. Just use the promo code STUCK when booking, and you'll get exclusive invites to advance with us, including a special Stuck in the 80s only edition of Big 80s Trivia while on board. That's going to have you singing a new song. Seriously, just start the show. Get the details at www.the80scruise. And don't forget to listen to The Seggies. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the music. You can't have the Pretender's first album. That's mine. I bought it. You did not. The catchphrases. Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? And the wannabes. Sometimes I see you dance around the house in my underwear. Doesn't make me Madonna. Never will. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hi. Uh, my name is Mary O'Reilly O'Toole O'Shea. And, uh, somewhere out there is the island my friend Muffy on. It's spring break, and she's invited us over there for the weekend, and we're waiting for the ferry now to take us there, and, uh, I, I don't know what else to say. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears, and today we celebrate the 30th anniversary of the movie April Fool's Day by having a nice conversation with its star, Deborah Foreman. Nice? It's got to be better than nice. It's got to be bloody unforgettable. With me as always, he's the guy I'd most like to be stuck with on a deserted island with a super hot female friend from college and her twin murderous sister. It's Brad in L.A. Oh my gosh, Steve, I don't think I can parse that sentence. I guess I'm happy to come along with you? Don't worry, Brad, it's an 80s horror film. Everything's going to turn out just right. Okay, I'll try, to, I'll try to stay on my toes. So the movie April Fool's Day was released in the spring of 1986, and it starred our favorite 80s heroine, uh, Deborah Foreman. And so she's the special guest for the first time in six years, my friend. So nice. So nice to have her back. I got to admit, I was, I was embarrassed when I was talking to her because it has been six years, I think. That just, it, oh man, that's, it's hard to believe it's been that long. And yet at the I, same time, I don't know, man. Time's <laughs> funny. Well, longtime listeners to the podcast remember that uh, Deborah Foreman came on the show. She was a surprise guest back in the summer of, I think it was 2010. And it was the infamous breakup episode, which I think is, by the, in fact, a, a trademark term by Stuck in the 80s. Yeah, and, and if breakup. ever you want to know how many, what episodes we name check, that would be the number one. 
And for good reason. It's yeah, a great episode. It's a great episode. And um, so she and I really hit it off during that show, and we've stayed friends since then. And we've we've chatted back and forth via Facebook message and texting and stuff like that, but we've not actually had extended conversation. And a few weeks ago, I noticed that she was on Facebook, and she was kind of you know jubilantly celebrating the 30th anniversary of April Fool's Day. Yeah. And so I thought, well, what better time to yeah, bring back, back Debbie? On. Yeah than to celebrate this movie. Um, for those who haven't seen it, uh, April Fool's Day starred Deborah Foreman, obviously. Uh, she played two characters, Muffy St. John and Buffy St. John. Oh, uh, so great. I love it when parents name twins like that. It's like, <laughs> I hate you both. That's what that says. I hate you both. If there's one cheesy thing about this movie, it's it's the characters' names because they're all like Kip and Buff and yeah. they're, they're all real preppy you know, of their, of their era. Of the era, yeah. Right. So the idea with the plot here is Muffy's a college student who invites all her friends to her island mansion to celebrate spring break. Uh, Buffy, on the other hand, is her twin sister who has, uh, let's just say, a few screws loose. Yeah, a yeah. little, little bit, uh, you know, we all have voices that speak to us, some louder than others. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but hey, they're on an abandoned island. With what, no what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Nothing. This is all going to turn out just fine. The phones are down. Ah, it's okay. I remember seeing this in the theaters. It was the tail end of my freshman year, and it was a great year for movies to begin with. And it was a spring semester, and I went to see it because I loved Debbie and Valley Girl. I mean, that was the reason I went to see. That was it. the draw. Yeah. Because to be honest, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of '80s horror movies or any horror movies for that matter. Yeah. I didn't see it in the theater, which is kind of weird because my freshman year is kind of the lost year of college I've talked about. I lived at home and I was working 40 hours a week and taking a full class load. So I didn't really have a lot of time to do anything fun. But I was working in a movie theater that this is the kind of stuff we would have had because this was a tiny kind of tiny house. But anyway, I didn't see it at the time. Yeah, well, it, it did fairly well. It had a great cast. Yeah, there's a ton of people in this. If you haven't seen it in a while, it's like, oh, wait, I recognize that guy. I and mean, there's just a ton of people that maybe had one or two other roles that you remember in the 80s. Sure. It's a lot of fun to watch for that, sure. if nothing else. Now, Debbie had already been in Valley Girl, which was out in 83. She'd already been in Real Genius and My Chauffeur. So by the time this came out, she was, in my, in my mind, she was the star of this movie. She was the reason I went to see it. Yeah, um, she was the most established name sure. by a long shot. Sure, but there was others. Uh, Ken Olant was... Uh, you might remember him as the uh, sleepy kid in summer school who moonlighted as a stripper. He, <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a lovely ride. <laughs> uh, Clayton Roner, a.k.a. Rick from Just One of the Guys. Oh, gosh, I know. It's so great. Oh, my God. Someone has my copy of Just One of the Guys, by the way. I, it's, it's probably uh, Carol Jansen. No, I know who it is. It's Dr. Feelgood. Oh, uh, well. Who really are are for those people who are really like um, what's the word you know scholars of stuck in the eighties completists <laughs> yeah there's this uh, uh, Doctor Feelgood has like three or four of my eighties movies and I'm never mm. getting it back so it's just a matter of figuring out which ones they are and ordering them again maybe we need to start up a GoFundMe to replenish your <laughs> yeah. collection that'd be nice <laughs> uh, Deborah Goodrich also from just one of the guys she was in there she was also in oh Twin- my gosh yeah. I remember her more from uh, St. Elsewhere and 21 Jump Street. Yeah, but, 21 Jump Street. But yeah. still, uh, just one of the guys. We've never done a podcast on that, I don't think. Have we? We've no, talked about we've it. Talked. We should. That's a fun movie. Anyway. And then, of course, everyone's favorite, Thomas Wilson, a.k.a. Biff from Back to the Future. 
so good. He's hilarious too. I don't know if you've seen any of his comedy recently, but he's really funny. Oh, he's great. He has that whole singing bit where he answers all the questions that people ask him about back in the future. <laughs> it's a movie. What's Michael J. Fox like? He's nice. What's Michael J. Fox like? Nice guy. What's Michael J. Fox like? He's an alien. Stop asking me the question. Did you know that uh, Debbie and Thomas are still good friends today? No, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. That's good. Love to, to have them on the show. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. The um, movie itself got mixed reviews. I think it gets about a 30... 30-something fresh rating on Rotten oh, Tomatoes. Oh, no. That's bad. That's bad, I'll admit. But the, the reviews really were mixed. I was reading the reviews uh, earlier today, and it got praised um, by a lot of people because it was it's not as bloody. Yeah, and it's kind of, I don't know, spoilers, 30-year-old movie. There's some They t- they have some fun with the horror genre. Uh, sure. It's not a straight-up horror movie. Uh, so there's, yeah, I think they get some points for that. Right. It's not easy to find. Uh, you can get it on Netflix uh, on DVD for sure. You might be able to rent it on iTunes. Um, it's definitely accessible. You can get to it. It's, it's a ninety-minute long movie. It's fantastic. Um, it's one of the movies I for somehow it just it stands out in my brain from the second half of the eighties. Uh, I did not see a lot of movies when I was in college, so it, it's easy for me to remember this one. Um, so Debbie and I talked. We talked for a full hour. We cover a lot of stuff. Brad, you yes, heard it. We you do. Yes, you do. I, now, I've heard the unedited version, so it'll be interesting to see what doesn't make the cut. Uh, but, uh, no, it's a great – it's just a conversation. You guys are like friends talking you know, that are catching up, and it's great. Yeah. You're, you're going to really enjoy this interview. We talk about – we obviously talk about the movie. Um, Debbie talks about some of the other movies from that same time period. And then, um, unpredictably so, um, it, it turns back to our our – our personal lives, just like the um, the breakup conversation where she and I talked about, you know, going through breakups and how hard they are and how you have to focus your mind on, you know, what you learn and move on. Yeah. She and I go into a lot of detail and a lot of uh, tip sharing on what it's like in the online dating world because both uh, Debbie and I are both active in on online dating sites. Let me tell you, I think there's a spin-off podcast there. <laughs> Stuck in the 80s, second, you know, first child will be called Dating for Guys, Dating for People from the 80s. It's a terrible name. You got to come up with a better I know. Name. You have to But you guys out. have this have this kind of common perspective on this that is uh it's interesting to hear you guys talk about it. It was it was a fun conversation um 6 years in the making. So sit back and enjoy a conversation with Debbie Foreman. Hey, Debbie, it's Steve Spears. I know. <laughs> but How are you? I'm so good. I, I've, I've been more nervous about talking to you than just about anybody I've talked to in the six years since we last talked. Why? <laughs> <laughs> are you afraid I'm going to like come through the, the phone? <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Good. Turn into some kind of a mist and come through the phone. <laughs> if we could make that happen, that'd be super. Yeah. Well, the last time we talked, I looked it up. It was six six years ago. Wow. And um, and that I had about I know, and I think I had about thirty minutes to prepare for that. And now I've had like I don't know two or three weeks to prepare for this. And it's just uh, well, I promise I don't bite. I promise. 
<laughs> so, so do you want to start? Let's talk. I mean, let's talk about. It's been six years. What? I mean, I used to work for a newspaper and do this thing almost full time, and now I live in Orlando and I work for a magazine company instead. And I think I've been through three girlfriends since we last talked. Wow, at least you're trying. <laughs> that's well, that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> so six years. I started, well, I was already doing graphic design because I've been doing that since the late 90s. Not as full force as I'm doing it now, though. Yeah. So that was always in place. Uh, but I didn't, I'm sure I had a website, too, but I just was never fully going for it. And my Pearl of Wisdom was just not even a glint in my eye six years ago. Right. How long so, has it been, you been doing that now? It's been a couple, several years. Since at least. 2000, 2012, October, when I started it. So um, I'm doing both of those. And now it's coming to the place where I'm wanting to just probably do website design more than the store. I love the store. I love making the jewelry. But I think the website is just its happening more. I'm more busy with it, you know. Sure. So I like to do it more. And then the clients, I've just been so lucky because my I get clients through Wix. And they just send me re requests, and then um, I'll never know the person. I'll not know what they want, and I'll just send out my information. You know, these are my fees, and then they, you know, come back. And so that's how I get my people. And I've been so incredibly lucky with every single client. Like right now I'm making this baby store, and the woman couldn't be cooler. So, and her products are, are just amazing. And I'm, I'm loving every aspect of it because when you make a store, it's really different than making just a regular website. Yeah, you have to. You have to. There's just so much more that goes into it, and the detail that's involved. And you want to make sure because she's so cool. You want her store to be, you know, do well. So I'm trying to not miss anything. How do they know who you are when they first contact no. you? No. Do they usually find out, or do they figure it out at some point? No. Really? No. You were in LA full time back then, weren't you? Yeah, I was in LA. That's right. I'm, had a, and, I'm in Big Bear Lake now. That's right. I've had a full location change. Man, what has happened in six years? Well, we we keep in touch. I mean, you and I have have written yeah. back and forth, and a couple times we said, "Hey, let's talk soon," and then and then kind of I think just life got in the way. Yeah, and then I didn't hear from you. Oh, don't say that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, it was all you. It wasn't me. I swear. <laughs> well, that's a common theme in all my relationships, I guess. Well, it, it was just, it was so serendipitous this time because you were on social media a few weeks ago and you were, you were really showing a lot of love for, for your movie April Fool's Day because it was just yeah. turning, it was just turning 30 and I, yeah. thought, I thought, oh my God, what a, what a great time to, to get back in touch. And plus I literally, just like the last time we talked, I literally got out of a relationship like 10 days ago. So it's, it's kind of like everything just kind of was like. The cosmic clickers just like, it's like it's time for another chat. Yeah. 30, 30 years, April Fool's Day, 1986, I think is when it was released. I could be wrong on that one. It was right before, it was just a couple of days before April Fool's. It was late Yeah, March. and you know, someone contacted me and said, do you know today's the day that actually was released on this day? Well, that's pretty cool. And that's when I started doing everything because someone that is a fan wrote to me. And let me know because I certainly didn't know. Yeah. You know, my head's in a freaking computer these days, like doing websites and stuff. So I 
So when I found out, I just took the ball and I, ro I rolled with it because I wanted to see if we could set up some anything out there, 30 reunion. We'll see. We'll see what's happening. That'd be it's cool. Gonna be, it's, all, it's all this year, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, when, you, for, when you think back on that movie, what's the first thought that comes to your mind? What's your first memory? It was challenging for me. In what it way? Was the most it was the most challenging role I've ever done. It was, uh, it was challenging. I don't think any art form or creativity is hard, so I don't want to use the word hard. It was just it was challenging uh, to find, I think it was more challenging probably for me when they said cut, <laughs> believe it or not, because... Um, you're doing a character. You're playing two roles. You wanted to be. You want your work to be noticed. You want your work to be really good. You've put in your homework. You've done your your um, rehearsals and all of that. So, what was hard hard for me is then how do I find that balance of of being me on the set and being me at dinner time, you know, uh, and then and trying to get along because you know you hear this all the time. If you if you're found out difficult to work with. People won't want to work with you. So, you know, then you go, how, how, how is that? How can I make this work? Where I'm going to get more work out, but but still honor honor the work that I've that I'm doing. You know, sure. I think it was really challenging. And what's interesting now, finding out years and years and years later that the things that I thought, you know, how people felt, what how they perceived me on the set. Isn't how they perceived me on the set at all. Oh, really? You now know, this... there was a there was a respect there that I didn't even know that my other mates had had for the work, because I, I heard it a lot. I've heard it a lot come out. I'm not gonna say if people uh, because a lot of the people on April Fool's Day are very are very uh, um, private. So I I want to honor their privacy. So I'm not gonna say names and and you know people who have said things to me currently, but. Um, you know, they they would say, "Well, I just wanted to leave you alone because I knew what you were doing, the work. You know, yet you, you were playing two characters. I just wanted to leave you alone." And I, I went, "Wow! I just I thought you were staying away from me because I was nuts." <laughs> 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 you know, <laughs> really? You know, I had to wait thirty years to find this out. <laughs> So, you know, it, I was challenged by that because on the other movies that I had done, I always got along so well with cast and we would always hang after and, you know, we would play. And that that was because the work, there wasn't an intensity to the work and so I can actually flip back and forth. But with April Fool's Day, I couldn't. I just, it was too important to me. I, I really, and I was loving it too, too much to actually sort of, it took me a while to even uh, let that go when I finally came home. We shot that in Victoria took a while for me to sort of let it go too uh, and get back to normal thought, normal pace, normal life. Um, so it was challenging in that respect, but the art itself, no, just, gosh, it was just there. It was yeah. just on the set. I just felt it. I felt when we were in scenes, really cool stuff was happening while we were in scenes, you know, like I like to say serendipitous or you, you say, uh, was was the other way I, I call it. Those wonderful accidents that happen that you don't expect. Like you, you can actually put, filter in stuff that you want to have happen in a scene. You want to trip. Let's put that in the second line. You'll accidentally trip and add it in the scene. But there's moments that happen in a scene sometimes that are out out of your control and it's just they're accidental. 
and it's that kind of stuff that was happening all the time. And I'm going, oh, I was just, I, I just felt it was juicy. It just felt juicy, <laughs> the work. How, how did the movie come to you? Did they approach you, or did you have to audition? I auditioned on a day that I was auditioning for two, two other, or I, I think I met them for the first time where I was auditioning for something else, but I was just meeting the director and casting, okay? Uh-huh. So I, I had two appointments set up on that day. And I think the first audition was April Fool's Day, and I and I figured I'll just go in and wear the clothes that I'm going to wear for the audition because that's probably more important. That was more important to me to get that audition right and to get that character right. And it was a baseball movie, 1940s. I had to wear my hair in a certain way, and I, I had clothes, 1940s clothes. So I figured it wouldn't matter if I went into the just the meeting for the director and the casting person and explain why I'm in what I'm wearing. And, uh, you know, talk about April Fool's Day, and, and that's it. So I did. I went in. I talked to them. I did the audition. I didn't get the baseball movie, but I heard back on April Fool's Day that she looked like my grandma in this photograph I have. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> oh, really? That's all. That's the only comment that I heard. So I think the weeks go by. Wait huh? a minute. What was, the, what was the baseball movie? I'm trying to think of a baseball movie set in the 40s. I can't remember. It was a baseball movie. It was 1940s. I don't even remember. Huh. Back then, I was auditioning all the time. I was auditioning two or three times a day. A day. Wow. So I have no idea. Like, you know, you're 22. Come on. So all the young actors and actresses, that's how much they're auditioning if they have a good agent and if they're really good at what they're doing. They are auditioning all the time. Wow. You know, it starts to slack off when you get in 30s, 40s, 50s, older. It slacks off, and then sometimes you're still auditioning. Sometimes you just get it, or sometimes you just go in for a meeting and you get it. It's different, you know. Yeah. But when you're young like that, and you haven't been, I mean, you've done something, so that's getting you in the door. That's why April Fool's Day saw me, because of Valley Girl. Uh, you know, but yeah, I don't remember. So weeks go by, and then I can't remember how I got back in the door. I know it was Chris Black and Chuck Bender, who were representing me at the time, I know they, they made it happen again. I know that I was thrilled to have it happen again, okay? Uh-huh. So this time when I went in, I was going to be auditioning for it, and I knew she was preppy. So I fully went prep, and I auditioned for it, and I was so excited to be in the room, so excited to see Fred Walton again. So I leave, and I call my agent on the phone, as always. Every, after every audition when I was young, Every audition, I'd always call my agent and tell him what, what, you know, what went down. He was always excited to hear about it, you know. Uh-huh. So I called him, and then I, I got off the phone. And, and back then, when I had to call my agent, I had to go to a pay phone, okay? <laughs> so oh I get home. I get home, and then on my answering machine, the kind that's actually a physical machine. <laughs> <laughs> Can you relate? Barely. Is a message from is is a message from my agent saying you got the role. Oh, nice. So they had offered it to me while I was driving home. Oh, so wow. So that's how that happened. And a lot of people were really upset because because uh, as when I got on the set, everybody was telling their stories of how they got their job, which this is a normal conversation that all of us actors sit around and talk about when we first meet on set or in a in a room where we're we're rehearsing for the first time. I'm not sure. So. Um, they're telling me, oh, man, I had to go in this many times, and I had to audition with this person and that person, and this, all these stories, right? And I went, I just kind of went in and auditioned and got it. <laughs> 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 so 
damn. <laughs> so it's rightfully so. Rightfully so. I mean, you were the big name. I mean, there were some other people on the cast that I recognized because I, I know what other movies they were in. But I mean, you were the you were the big name. This was like your first big. I mean, Valley Girl was huge. Yeah. But, but this was. I mean, to me, this is like you know you're you are the star in this one. And I didn't see it that way. Really? I, I still don't see it that way. I still don't even see it that way. I, I, when I prepare for something, I'm one of those people when I would get a script, I never let it sit on my coffee table forever. I actually, when I got it, I would sit and read it. I don't let the grass grow under my feet. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I then find out I have an audition, it's like, it's on. Bring it. You know, I'm then, you know, I lock myself away. I sit there. I don't care if it's five pages. I'll treat it like it's, for, it's a whole script. Right? So I have right. five pages in front of me, or I've got three scenes in front of me. There's three pages each. And I'm treating it like I've got it, and I have to now do the homework to make this so excellent that I'm popping off the screen. Right. But I put that work in before uh, the audition uh, and before I even meet them. I work that hard because we just, it's, it's, <laughs> if you don't love what you do and you're not working like that, why the hell are you doing it? <laughs> Good point. You know, why are you putting what wait what? I don't I don't understand. So um I got that role and I was pleased as fucking shit, I, obviously, when I got home, found out on my answering machine. But I also knew I had put the work in. I I did it. I did my homework. I I, I saw it through. I I asked all those questions. Who was doing what to whom, when, where, why, where and how. Um uh, and then I go through uh, I mean, I, I have a, a, a whole thing of questions that I go through for a character analysis. Uh, uh, and what's wrong with me right now? My <laughs> words are not working. Analyzation. Okay. So I felt I earned it because I, I put that work in. Yeah, no, I didn't have to audition as many as you people. But fuck, my one audition was... It, it doesn't mean like my one audition isn't wasn't as as impactful as the ones that you did. You know, I always said that in yoga. Just because that person next to you isn't stretching as far as you are, you're both feeling the same thing. Wow. If you think about it. Yeah. So, so you know that my process it might be different than most people, but but we're all going through the same thing. Yeah, I, I my road was shorter than yours. <laughs> <laughs> But my work did not lack. <laughs> it's one of those things, though, that, I mean, when you may not look at it as, as you, you being the big star there, but, I mean, when people think, when, you, when people name check your movies, I mean, April Fool's Day comes up, and no, nobody calls April Fool's Day, oh, it's a, it's a Deborah Goodrich film, or it's a, it's a Clayton Rohner film. No, it's, it's, it's a Deborah Foreman film. And, and I don't know about that. Uh, you know what I'm coming across in cons? Uh you know, the conventions when you go. Yeah. I mean, I recently was even asked, are you the star of April Fool's Day? And um, I I had to then, you know, stand up tall and say, fucking yes, I'm the, I was the star of it. Uh, I played two characters. And if you, if you think about the storyline, I'm the driving force of the storyline. So, yeah, I started in it. Yeah. Now, there was a producer that alphabetized all our names. And no one's name was above the title. So then you have, that's where you have, that, that's where it gets gray. That's where it's then people who aren't in the industry and looking, well, 
your name isn't above the title and you didn't start it because your first you weren't the first name showing up on the credits. See? So it's gray. I just watched it again last night for the first time in, in a couple years and I was paying attention to the credits and I thought that's weird. Well, the producer Frank Mancuso Jr., all his films that he produces, he does that with all the actors. So he did a couple of Friday thirteens. Oh sure, yeah. Of course, yeah. Same kind of thing, a uh, Halloween, same kind of thing. So, you know, he wasn't, you know. And I, I at the time, and you, listen, I probably am just the same way now. I don't really, that doesn't matter to me when they're doing those things. And luckily I've had agents in my life that say, you should be caring about that stuff. And, you know, yeah. maybe I should have cared about that stuff when I was younger. Um, if I had a mom in the business who had been a star, yeah, a big star, uh, I would have had different advice in my life, you see. So I came into the business from Texas, not knowing anybody, not having any family in the business, got here, got there because of amazing circumstances in my life, amazing choices that I made also in my life, and that's why I was there. You then had to stay. You need to then make even better choices for yourself, surround yourself with people that know more than you do. And, you know, that's where I lacked because I didn't have really good guidance and I didn't have, well, this is, this is how we're going to see your career in five years and this is how we're going to see your career in ten years. You know, I didn't have those kinds of things in my life. Do you think that a lot of actresses back then did? I mean, there seems to be, I mean, when you look back at the female actors of the 80s, very, very few of them, I mean, you could, you you could very few of them you would look at and say well they obviously had a ten year plan. I think Toby McGuire has a ten year plan. I think there's I think there's people Mi- that actually think that way and that's that's why they. I don't know if Nick Cage had that, but he had agents in place that did for him. That's what I'm saying. I didn't have agents that had that were doing had that in place for me. So maybe they didn't see that for me. Huh. Maybe they saw that for the, Nick. Maybe they saw that for Julia Roberts. Maybe they saw that for uh, Kate Hudson. You know, I don't know. I, that's where I have no answers for you on that one, dude. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, I mean, I look back at the reviews of, of your movies. I, I was spending mm-hmm. some time today. I was reading all the reviews of your movies. And uh-huh. w- one of the things that, that consistently pops up is your performances always usually get, I mean, without – with almost no exception, really, you get good reviews for your for your acting, but the movie sometimes gets a less than glowing review. You know, like they'll they'll, right. they'll take some issues with the plot, or they'll take some issues with um, the other actors, or something like that. So it's like it's mm-hmm. you you definitely. I mean, did you read the critics back then? Did you read the reviews some of your movies? Some of them. Some of them. Again, that's not uh, something that I. It's on my radar. Yeah. Put it that way, you know. I mean, I know these days it, it's it's sort of like the end thing for actors to say, "Oh, I I never watch myself after I after I act. I never I never go to the movie. I never read the reviews. I don't I don't care what people say to me. It's all just about the work." That seems like be like the the, the hip and trendy thing to say now, but I don't I don't know that that was necessarily. The case. But it was then. Maybe that I know. I was well. I've never been someone that follows. <laughs> I don't follow Norm. Yeah. Well, I, so. I, can't, I can't stand listen to myself talk on my podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> I actually now, when I, because I do my own photographs with Pearl of Wisdom Jewels, dot, okay. Pearl of Wisdom Jewels, 
am I saying it right? How come when I get, it's so funny, when I, I get into an interview, it's like I forget the name of all my businesses. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was me. I thought I was doing it to you. Pro, for a pro with some I am a photographer, but I now love going back and looking at footage because I've now learned my angles. I didn't know that when I was younger. Maybe had I actually studied my acting in that way, maybe I should study it, go back and go, well, had I kept my face, you know, not turning away so far away from the camera, but keep it closer looking towards the camera, you know, stuff like that, you know, that really sells. Um, I, I now watch actors uh, really closely, and I, I watch how much are they really letting me feel them through that camera and how much are they not? Sometimes they're, they're not even connecting with the camera. And you know what? I think that you should connect with the camera, even though you're not supposed to know it's there. Right. It is that, it is that silent person in the room that should be uh, just as noted as the rest of the team, the acting team that's in, in the scene, you know? So it'd be stuff like that that I would want to go back if I, if I watched my work. Uh, to correct stuff like that, you know, when I was younger, I used to move my hands a lot. It was just nervous energy, and it would come out my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could not stop that, you know. So I, it's gone. It's I don't have that anymore. So those things, we, we, you know, I wouldn't have to correct. But yeah, I but I, you know, I, I haven't gone back and I and. I didn't then watch myself, and not not because oh I don't want to, I can't, I can't stand to see myself. It wasn't that at all. It's just that you know I just didn't have time. That makes sense. That's good enough for you. <laughs> a movie I'd already seen and done and acted in. <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of know how this one's going to end. <laughs> so have you seen it? Have you seen it recently? No, not April Fool's Day. I hear there's an alternate ending that was filmed. Mm-hmm. Do you remember anything about it? Yeah. Yeah, we had that alternate ending. Okay, this is an eight, the experts. The experts, we had a bunch of different endings. Um, April Fool's Day, we shot an alternate ending, and that's the one that's in the show. I do not remember, and I did forever. I did know the other ending, but I've now forgotten it. Wow. If you ask someone else who has better recall, maybe Amy would know. Amy Steele or Tom Wilson might know, but I don't. I don't. I don't know. And yeah, we shot. We shot it, and it it is the ending that they have. And we shot it here in a studio in Los Angeles somewhere. Oh, okay. Because I, I Cause watched, the film was shot in Victoria, BC. Right, which is un, which is kind of unusual, but it had mostly American actors in it. I mean, was there anything was yes. there to do at night? I mean, or were you guys sort of like out there in the middle of the? You no, know? there wasn't much to do. Uh, we were there in Victoria. And we were staying in a hotel a little outside of their the little city. And, um, no, there wasn't a lot. I mean, we kind of, you know, we were working a lot, a lot of hours. So we didn't really spend a lot of nights hanging out. And a lot of our shooting was at night. So we were sleeping during the day. Where do you, when you look back on those movies, when you look back at Valley Girl, my chauffeur, real genius. Um, even the experts, um, which I, which is, which I love actually. I love the experts. Do you really? Oh yeah, my God, I, I that was know a disaster. Why. I know. I could tell. I could tell that when I was watching, I'm like, oh, uh, this is not going the way they thought it was going to go. But there's something. No. There's something funny about it that I still kind of enjoy. Um, when you when you look back on those, I mean, where does April Fool's Day, you know, fall into your? 
My favorites? Yeah. Um, my chauffeur is my favorite. I think April Fool's Day is my second favorite, and Valley Girl is my third. Um, my chauffeur, I just had so much fun. I just remember remembering laughing a lot. Oh yeah, and I had a I had a driver came uh, one of the um, I forget, the teamster a teamster driver come over and say, you know, you better watch out because I think that director is making you go way over the top, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, he pulled me aside to tell me that, and I just smiled really huge because I knew he was wrong, <laughs> 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 and um, I didn't want to. It's funny because back then I would have I uh, I didn't know the words to use of of why I I just laughed and didn't even acknowledge what he you know didn't even comment on what he said. Now I I would say if that happened to me I would say I would do the same thing and I would laugh but I would also say I I don't want to school this person you know it's not my job to school him. Right. So uh, I knew the director I trusted him with. With everything, because when we got together, he had me watching all kinds of old movies, 1940s movies. They had, there was a very fast banter in all these movies he had me watching, and he wanted me to have that pace. So when you have that pace, there's a lot of sort of uh, yummy stuff that goes along with that kind of a pace, organic stuff that happens physically with you. And... Um, and I was loving, I was loving it too much. It, it just, it felt. I knew that it wasn't. It didn't feel wrong. I would have felt that I was doing it too much. I, I feel those things, you know. I feel if I'm being false in a scene. I feel if I'm overacting a scene and I'm forcing it and I'm looking like, oh my God, are those crocodile tears? I feel it and I know it, you know. So I knew he wasn't correct in in his observation because he, maybe he'd only caught one scene, whereas I'd been there every single day doing every single scene, so I knew the content that I was putting putting on film, you know, so it, uh, I had most fun on that because of all the laughter, and I think Sam Jones is just a mint. She was just so wonderful to work with and so easy to work with, and so just a lovable human being he is, that, that man, and then David Beard, who just at that time, I think he has changed a little bit because we're all older now, though. But at that time, David Beard, the director, was um, goofy and loved to try stuff that just was so out of the box. And and he's he's a Louisiana, he's a Louisiana boy, so very southern, and just I loved him. So I I loved that. My chauffeur was my favorite. Oh yeah, I think a lot of people say that it gets really good. You know, reviews from from '80s fans—they just love that. I mean, if you ask people today, like, okay, um, Debbie Foreman's going to come and do a movie screening, and she's going to do a Q and A afterwards. I guarantee you, my chauffeur is right there at the top with Valley Girl. O- only because, oh. only because pe- those are the ones I think. April Fool's Day—I don't know if as many people saw it, but 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 my chauffeur—I mean, that was huge. Are you sure? I think yeah, I would almost guarantee it. I don't know. I think what happened, no, I don't think it was huge. I think what happened is that our first week we were released and we were top, we were the number one film. And um, we were over Color of Purple. And Steven Spielberg, uh, I'm sure it wasn't him, I'm sure it was his team of people checked it out for him, uh, thought that that couldn't be right. So they did. They investigated. It turns out, um, Crown International lied about their numbers. Ooh. The first week. 
So that put a really bad mark on our film. In so much so that the owners of Crown International got embarrassed and all the publicity that was set in place, Johnny Carson, Larry King, me going to Show West to accept my award that I'd been given by them given to them, all of it was cancelled. Oh no. Because they were embarrassed. So we had we had a mark. I didn't get to go to Johnny Carson. I didn't go on Larry King. I didn't go to Show West to pick up my award for uh, Best Newcomer of the Year. Um, all print, everything was pulled. So that was my chauffeur. Ouch. That that still sounds like it's painful for you a little bit. Well, when something's out of your hands and it was that big of a disaster and it's your name yeah. attached to a film that you're so proud to be a part of and, the you know, <laughs> they shot their own foots off, didn't they? Yeah, big time. I guess they didn't want success. <laughs> it's interesting how people, you know, they say that they want success and then you go and you do something like that. That's someone that's sabotaging their own success, their own future, their own stuff. So it's like, and I, I was a part of it. So my foot, my foot got shot off by them too. Yeah. With, with, with stuff like that and with the, the Hollywood the way it is today, are you sort of glad that, that, you're, that you didn't make you know, it a career decision? I mean, a, a lifetime career in acting. Are you sort of glad that that's not what, how it worked out for you at this point? Uh, I don't really question it. I just sort of go where I'm taken and where I'm at is where I'm supposed to be right now, doing web design, making my jewelry, living in Big Bear. I don't question it. I have, My path has always been something that opened up to me. It may not have been, uh, you know, it started to veer away and I just stayed on the path that was veering away. Yeah. That's... I think if you fight to, to stay or stick around, um, uh, it's just like being in a relationship that's no good. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're talking it's to like, me in my own language. <laughs> I know. It's like, why are you going to stay when they're not giving you the attention that you deserve? They're not treating you with value. You, you, you're doing all these amazing things in the relationship, and you're holding up your end, but the other person isn't. Oh, I know the answer. Yeah, it's time, it's time to go. Yeah, but you know what you always know? holds you back? And, I, and I, it's probably the same thing with with a, with a career would always hold you back in a relationship of, of getting out of a bad relationship or following your real path is always that concept of, but I have all this time invested into this. That, that's what always used to hold me up with relationships. Well, I'd be in a bad relationship and I'd be like, I can't end it. I have all this time invested in it. And you realize that. Maybe that's a guy thing. Maybe guys do actually think that. Maybe that's a guy mm -hmm. thing. Ooh, maybe you've like led on to something that I needed to know. Maybe you just gave me like a little golden nugget there. Well, you that's interesting that you even say that because oh, that's God. not even in my that's not even in my radar. What you just said. Oh really? I every guy. Yeah, I, talk I don't to, even. Every guy I talk to, they all talk see, about that. I say, I'll get out now, and the reason there was a reason I was in it, and all those things uh, that I learned while I was in it, I'm now going to be able to use outside of it. For some, for it'll be for work. It'll be for my next relationship. It'll be for whatever it is. But I, all the things that I learned while I was with him, I'm now going to be able to use without him. Wow, that's like the total flip side of the coin. I mean, it's like you're basically saying, you know, the the experience gained 
uh-huh. is worth is worth it to get out. Whereas guys say, I don't want to get out because it'd be time invested that's wasted. Yeah, see, that is so far out. We just let that right there is such a nugget that we just learned, both of us. That was wow. so incredible. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, invested time, bullshit. No. <laughs> it out. doesn't matter because you're going to invest time in the next one too. So what's right. the point? It's just weird, but it, it's, I've heard it, I've heard it, you know, I'm, I'm kind of open. Like, I mean, we, you learned that six years ago. I'll, I'll talk about anything relationship wise. And so I'll talk to guys about this and like, why, you know, why are you still with her? You know, this is a, you know, this, you're, you're miserable. And, and, and it always comes back to saying, well, but I've been with her for three years. I mean, if I break up with her now, that's all that time is wasted. I'm like, no, that time is gone. Yeah. <laughs> that time is, is was learning. That time was precious, and you learned so much. That's yeah. how I see it. And there was growth, and that's why you're at where you're at because of that relationship you're in. Right, and that's what you told me six years ago. Essentially, is that you said take all the take all the pain from this breakup and take what you've learned from it, and then use it to fuel your 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 courage to pursue the next relationship. Yeah. So, or or next career move or whatever, and it was. I don't know, three years after that that I left where I was working, where I'd been at this one place for 17 years, and I moved to... Oh, my gosh, 17, 17 years. Yeah, 17 That's years. a long that, time. No, but I was just like, it was time to, to, to do something new and take what I had learned and apply it somewhere else. And... um I never thought it would be in Orlando, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Orlando is no. Oh, I, I so tried to get to. I so tried to get to Orlando. Oh. Uh, uh, they were having a con there, and um, one of the girls from April Fool's Day uh, was going to be at the con, and I. It was last minute. They they did not accept me. They didn't let me go there. But I was, I was, I would have been in Orlando had they let me go to their con. Oh my God, we could have had some fun. Could have at least been to a person. It's gonna happen someday. Hopefully, one of these days we're gonna. I'm gonna find a way to get you to Florida for some for some big con or for for some big event, and and we'll we'll finally be able to exchange uh, tips in person. Yeah, <laughs> they <time> with beers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blushing. My mouth's all dry now. <laughs> hey, you have friends that I've now become friends with that. Um, I guess found out about us six years ago. Best, best. She works. She lives in Turkey. Yeah, base. Uh, yeah, Beth Gensel. She's in. Uh, she works for Space Camp in Turkey. Yeah, isn't that cool? I know her now and Alyssa. Oh wow, Alyssa uh, Apicelli. I forgot. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Yeah, but she's such a dear. She's become such a dear friend on Facebook. She loves all of my jewelry, and I made her website. Oh my God! How cool is that? For synergy, people still name check that podcast when people when when we had our like our 300th episode um, a year or so ago, and we asked people to name their you know five favorite episodes. The 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 infamous breakup episode is like number one or number two in the list, all with pretty much everybody. That's cool. <laughs> Six years ago, and, listen to us. <laughs> and, and, and I and I will admit that from time to time when I start dating someone, if if I if I want to pull the sensitive guy card, I'm like, you know, you should really listen to this podcast I did with Debbie Foreman. And then they'll always call me afterwards and like, that was so sad, but it was so good. <laughs> you. So that's how you get your girl. You you win them over by. Um... The chemistry between you and me gets me dates. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. 
That's hysterical. Yeah. But you're, you're playing on their emotions. Well, if, feel free to use it if you want to try to catch a guy by saying that you know Steve Spears. <laughs> no, you catch a guy. <laughs> you know, you guys are fucking pussies. That's all I have to say. I'm what? not going to say anything else. Oh, you, you guys are fucking pussies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've been on Tinder and Bumble for the first time in my life since January. Have I gotten one date since January? No. Pussies. <laughs> <laughs> What happened out there? The women have turned men into pussies. I cannot believe the pussies that are out. In Texas, I never encountered this. Even the guys that I went to, well, I couldn't date until I was 16 anyway in high school, but I, it was like there, there were men. Well, I mean, <laughs> there, and there's still men in Texas. Oh, my God. There are pussies in Los Angeles. <laughs> and you know what? I dare every man in Los Angeles to debate me on it. I am shocked how many men, too, are even single on Tinder and Bumble. So is it true? Are they really that single? Or is this like another thing where, you know, married men can be, you know, having fun on the side? I cannot believe there are that many single people. Oh, wait a minute. I've heard of Tinder. What's this other one called? Bumble. Okay, so Tinder is... I know Tinder. I've been on Tinder. You swipe. Okay, so Bumble was created by a female, and it's the same thing except the girl has to reach out and say hello in 24 hours. So if we match, I have to write you in 24 hours or you get put back into (laughs) the selection pool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what do you have your setting set at? Like, what is, what is your age? What do you have your age setting set for, for, my, okay, men. my age, I, what I did, because I realized there's a demographic, how they do it is demographically. So I yeah. thought, well, if I have 53 up there, then I'm not getting the demographic that I actually want because I, I, I'm going to say this, I, I, everyone knows that I look younger than what I actually am. Yes, you do. So when you're in that demographic and they haven't set it to 53, They've set it only to 45. I'm now in the demographic of 35 to 45 because I, it's set at 42. Uh-huh. So, but it's only set at 42 because it's off of Facebook. In the profile where you go to write something, uh-huh. the, very, the very first ingredient, which is always the most important ingredient, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sugar, if it says sugar is your first ingredient, like it has a lot of it, um, I put, I'm 53. That's the first thing I actually say in my profile. Oh, so you fess up. Completely. And I find it interesting because the other men that have discovered this thing like I have, they will wait until the end of the the paragraph to say, oh, and by the way, I'm 47, not 43. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that's interesting. You put that as the last ingredient, so I put it as the first. (laughs) But yeah, because I want I want the demographic. Because I, I noticed that's why I said there's so many. When I was in the a demographic of as 53, so then they weren't going as high as 53. I wasn't there wasn't as many men. Huh. Yeah. Interesting, huh? I, mine, and yet when I went and yet when I turned it into the 42, the demographic, I was seeing all the men that are my age. <laughs> so men my age are looking for their age. Well, I apologize on behalf of all men who. Mine, I'm honest with my age. That I'm 48 and about to turn 49, and so I, that my age is my age. And the window of women that I have that I'm looking for is between. Huh, I want to say it's between 40 and 55. 
that's, all, that's, that's mine too. Mine's 40 and 55. I don't go under 40 now because I yeah. thought everything I've learned, even if you're 37, you're still really young. Yeah, no, I've learned a lot since then. So, and I don't want to, yeah. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to go out with someone who I have to constantly exp- explain my fascination of the eighties to, you know, like, yeah, that was, it's hard enough sometimes to explain to people my own age and, but to explain to someone who didn't even live through it, it's just not f- going to happen for me. Yeah. And if you make a funny, like you quote a song, quote a uh, song or, or <laughs> quote, quote from a movie and they'll go, what was that? And you'll say the movie and they'll go, well, what, what, what movie was that? <laughs> not only do they not know the, the, the movie or the song, but they don't know the movie. They don't even know the actors that were in the movie. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> oh. It's so sad. We, we live in a cruel world. Um, <laughs> I'm so tempted now. I want to I like change the settings on my Tinder so that it appears that I'm in L.A. so I can just see what your Tinder profile looks like. All you have to do to do that is you have to change it on Facebook. Oh, okay. Well, it's still worth it. It's still worth my time. I just want to see it really bad. <laughs> you have to, you have to change it on face, Facebook, and then it changes on Tinder. But it won't. Uh, all the bumbles hooked up the same way. Uh-huh. You actually have to erase your Bumble account and then recreate it for it to show up properly. Wow. Because it won't just change automatically. Bumble doesn't, but Tinder does. And I would I would recommend Bumble um, over Tinder any day. The quality of people on Bumble is just amazing. So I would go Bumble. Have you ever thought about trying? I mean, I I have like infamous stories about all my time spent on eHarmony and uh, Ugh, I did Match dot com. No, that's just like a big no. Yeah, I did both, <laughs> and, and they were both disastrous for me. I mean, but I got yeah. great stories from it. But that's about it. And th- I mean, great stories can sometimes be great currency, but it. <laughs> It doesn't get you what you're ultimately looking for. Yeah. I, you know what? Here I am, just great, uh, giving great advice to people, uh, surface advice, really, to people. And it's like, uh, I, can't, I can't even, I do really well business-wise. I always have. I've always landed on my feet. I'm always looking for that next thing. I have two businesses now that keep me completely busy, so I don't, I'm not looking for a third. And... Um, but when it comes to guys, that's always been very evasive and, lo- and elusive. I, I meet people when I when I was acting because I would meet them on set yeah. or you meet in an audition or you meet in an acting class, stuff like that. But since then, it's been really ch- challenging and difficult. So I'm trying to wrap my brain around how can I be happy just the way things are right now. I, do, I, I think about that a lot lately. If I'm alone the rest of my life, if I, if I stay single and alone, am can I be okay with that? Right, exactly. So that's where I'm kind of at right now with with all that because let's see, January, February, March, April, and it's almost May. <laughs> <laughs> that's four months of swiping. That's ridiculous. I mean, I'm not you trying know, to kiss your ass or anything, but that's just. That's just obscene. I live in Big They live in LA. That's too far to drive. Oh. I even had. I even actually matched with someone that I did date um, when I was in my 20s, a gorgeous man. He is a hunk of burning love. He's beautiful. But, and I was going to go to Los Angeles and we were going to have a date. And then he sort of changed things on me the day before. He wanted me to drive down there a day before at night. And I was going to be going just during the day just for coffee, you know? Yeah. And I said, well, then you drive up here. Why don't you come up here? I've got a, a guest room. Why don't you stay up here? 
No, didn't want to come up here. <sighs> so the next day, I was just too tired to drive down there. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. This is and not he, fair. And he changed it on me because I was totally going to drive down there. But when I discovered that he didn't want to, he didn't have any intentions of, you know, getting in his car and coming and seeing me, I thought, you know what, why should I get in my car and come see you? <laughs> Give me a good reason. <laughs> uh, that's it's far, and there's not there's not a lot of pickings in Big Bear Lake. Yeah, uh, that was my, that was my next question. My, yeah, there isn't. I I went out a lot during Christmas time. I had friends staying with me Christmas and after, and just you know, you know. Every, no? every, everybody here in Orlando is either half my age, or they the very few people that I work with that are. are or whom I know that are my age, they're they're married, you know, with kids. They're not, you know, there's nobody single yep. in Orlando that's my age. <laughs> See, I think you do. My, maybe you should go to Facebook and change it to Los Angeles because <laughs> everyone in Los Angeles is single. I, I, okay, let me put it to you this way. When I had it set at 53, I would literally come to the end of the men. And you have no more matches, okay? Oh, no more men. Would... Doesn't take that Guess long. what? When I changed the thing to 42, I don't, it, it never ends. That's it, just, I get tired of it. I go, oh, I can't swipe anymore. I'm just, I'm tired. <laughs> this is just, I am not having fun with this swiping game. <laughs> I, you know, the hard thing is every time I quit it, I kind of miss it because I just miss the the shallow distraction of it, you know, and I, I, but I also, but I don't miss like swiping yes to like thirty women in a day, and then like none of them match with me. None. Right. I, I, I have like, that too. None match with me too. Or, or you'll get all these matching and at. It's really it's feast or famine because I'll get a lot that matches, and and I'll have a shitload, and then all of a sudden none, and then all of a sudden a shitload, and then all of a sudden none. It's just it's sort of a wave thing. It is. It comes in waves, and I think that's for everybody. Because even Zara, that's what was happening with her. It's just a wave thing, sort of. It is set up like a game. That's why you're wanting to go back to it, because it is set up like a game. If you think about it. Well, then I'm I'm issuing a challenge. Then before you before we talk again next time, we both have to have um, some sort of dating success story to share. Oh God, you want to make me accountable? <laughs> I mean, you want to make me accountable right now. You're going to make me be accountable. Just, just one. I just want we we each have to have one good dating story for next time. Okay, okay. So when when are we going to talk next time? Well, hopefully, it won't hopefully it won't take six years for us to get that one story. We're going to talk again this year before this year is over. And we'll okay. Talk, and we're and and in that time, we have to both have one good dating experience. I, it doesn't have okay. to be a relationship. It just has to be like a, that was a great date. And here's how it happened. And, you know, here's okay. what. So that, that's. You're on. You're on. Because that'll give me the. I'll accept, me, I'll accept that. That'll give me the, the fire under my ass to get my, to stop being a hermit, you know, and staying in my apartment all day long. Yeah, but, I, and I do too. And that's, I work here too. So it's yeah. like, I'm here a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, but I have set up my home. That I don't really want to leave it because it's so cute. <laughs> it is. My home is so freaking cool. I love my home. I didn't have this six years ago. Um, I have my own place in Big Bear Lake. It's it's I and it's huge. You don't get to have this in Los Angeles because the rent is so high. 
I would probably be paying three thousand a month for a place that I have right now. Wow. That's why I, I don't. I don't want to leave. It's like, oh yeah, I, I got to go to the store and buy firewood. Damn. <laughs> if I ever come visit you, I will bring you firewood. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I've set that. I've set it up that way where I work in my home, I stay in my home. So how do you meet people? That's yeah. I created this, but yes, I'll take you on. With that other accountability thing, that's actually a good thing for me. When I become accountability accountable, I actually have found good things come from it. And so. I'll try. I'll try the other service that you mentioned, Bumble or whatever it's called. Okay, Bumble. But before you do Bumble, uh, change your Facebook page, and then create your Bumble. Okay. Okay, and. Yeah, because it won't change. Like I told you, it won't change. You'll have to delete your Bumble okay. to go back. Or to go back. I'm actually going to try to date someone near me and not a long-distance relationship because I think that might be one of the things that's killing me too. So I'm going to, add, I'm going to like double on the pressure on my challenge. Ah, uh, shoot. I can't even get someone geographically undesirable. No, you, you don't have to do I that. Mean, what? You don't have to do that. You can, gra- you can grab somebody from L.A. if you need to. What am I talking about? I'm telling Devin Foreman she could, you know, oh, it's <laughs> the most unusual conversation I've ever had. Yeah, but I'm telling you, okay, this is what people don't really see or hear or feel. Uh-huh. When I mentioned to you earlier that when, if there's someone next to you in a yoga class and they are stretching but they're going even further than you, yeah. you're both feeling the same thing, right? So, okay, let me get back to my point. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And so my point is, you think that it's so different for me. It's not. It's not different for me than it is the girl sitting next to me. We're all, it's, we're we're feeling it, it, we're all feeling the same thing. The single girl next to me is going through the same fucking shit I'm going through right now. (laughs) Bumble, Tinder, oh, did you get this? Did they say that? Did they get back to you? Oh, I, oh my gosh! And two, and have you? Okay, let's talk about Tinder in this other way. I am shocked all the couples that are on there seeking a third couple. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh! It's like, oh, we're just you know we're really happy together, but we really want to add a, a new, another person here. I even saw one today. This guy, he's a nudist. Okay, so all of his pictures were the back of uh, back of him, so it was all butt shots. Uh-huh. And then there's one picture of him and this young girl, and he said. Um, I'm just on here, you know, yes, I'm a nudist, and I just want to meet friends, and if, it, if, it, if it's okay, maybe I'll get a second wife out of it. <laughs> Are you serious? The girl you're hugging on is so cute and adorable. It, you want a second one, too? And, oh, my gosh. I, that's what, and, then, and then I had a guy come on and say, oh, I didn't read his profile. Like, I didn't read it through, which I should yeah. have read it through. Yeah, yeah. And then he says, um, he was going to come up here, and I was thinking, yeah, this is pretty cool. And we were getting on really well in our emails. And so then I thought, well, I, I maybe I should find out who he is. <laughs> so <laughs> I read his profile, and it said that he was an open re- he's in an open relationship, and his girlfriend is a lesbian. And she, huh. like, so he was looking for another girl for him, but also another girl for his girlfriend. And so I, I read his profile, and he, we'd already been talking, like, you know, four or five times until I wrote, wrote him, I go, I just read your profile and I'm just not into that. 
And he went, ah, you're bitch cool. And I, I thought to myself, well, yeah, I am cool, but, you know, I've got boundaries and I, I have values. And, you know, I have, I have a lifestyle that I live and it's just not that. But, you know, good for you and uh, carry on and happy swiping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's what I have encountered. I've encountered some like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I haven't had anything like that. Mine's all... Because uh, I'm in L.A. That's yeah. Because, I, you know, I'm, I, I, put, I set the thing for 100 miles away, so I get everything in Los Angeles. Oh. See, I set mine for like 10 miles. Because I, that's about the extent to which I'm willing to drive. That's pretty sad. See, I know. And see, when I go to Los Angeles just to get my hair done, you should see all the activity that happens on Tinder. And then, you know, they, then they realize, oh, you're only there for the day. And it's like, they go, okay, can, can I have lunch with you right now? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm having my hair colored right now. Well, what are you doing after? Uh, I'm driving home for three hours. That's what I'm going to be doing, you know. <laughs> and so, and then I had, let's see, what was it? I, my experiences have been really funny. Um, what was it? Um, oh, one guy. I'm in Los Angeles with my mom. I'm just hanging out with her. She's doing doctor appointments. So I'm just going along for the ride, you know. Uh-huh. So this one guy, he's a pilot for Delta. Nice. And he says, uh, he says, drop what you're doing. Get rid of your mom and come see me. <laughs> and I said, oh, I said, so while I'm out hunter- hunting, what does that make you, the gatherer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you liked my comment. <laughs> uh, that's a good one, though. That's, I know, right? That's why I set mine, for, just, that's why I set mine <laughs> for 10 miles because I'm so close to Disney World that when anybody comes to town with Tinder in Disney World, I start getting people from all over the you know, the U.S. And so if I set it for 10 miles, that's further away. And so I don't get any Disney traffic. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause see, when I go to Los Angeles again, I'm going to get, I'm going to be matching all over the place because right now I'm not matching. That's what happened last time I was there a couple of days ago. I, I matched with all these people and, and that's only because I was in their vicinity. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I, that's why I have to set mine so low or that's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I think you should stick to it. <laughs> <laughs> this, this has been fun, and I'm serious. Let's let's do it again before the year is over, and we both have to have okay. once, we, once we we'll keep in touch, and then we'll once we both have that that story, then we'll we'll meet to talk about that. We'll and we'll talk about we'll talk about when we'll talk about my show for more or something, or or maybe even uh, Real Genius. That'll be fun. So. This has been great. I feel so much better. I don't know why I always stress over over talking to you, but I always worry. I think that that we would never that it'd be so hard to recreate the chemistry we had six years ago. But oh, see, that shouldn't even be a a thought either. You should just be in the moment right now. That's why when you when I said I don't bite, I mean, (laughs) it, it you know just being in the moment. I mean, and you were for the most part, you were. I sensed your little bit of quietness here and there, but. Um, why would you want to recreate that? Uh, I don't know. So one of most... It's like you're, it's like someone says, uh, "Don't you want to do another film? Recreate what you did in Valley Girl?" No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. That was a special moment in time, and you don't want to recreate that. That was magic. Yeah, you don't re- recreate magic, and I don't know that it should be something that you should try to seek to recreate it because that's when the magic happens when all that preparation that you've been doing 
it just goes out the door and then magic starts to happen. It starts to work on its own, like like what's happening with my businesses right now. It's just yeah. working on its own. But but I have all this time invested. <laughs> yeah, see, see, there's where you need to flip flop yeah. your thought. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna we're gonna flip flop our philosophies and see if we can't make some magic happen. <laughs> I don't want to change anything, though. I think I, I, I think I'm just going to start wrapping my brain around the fact that you know what? I'm single. I'm alone. I'm happy. I'm yeah. okay. Everyone says when you stop looking, that's when it happens. So. Uh, my mom says that too. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that says that. Oh yeah, did it happen that way for you? You didn't, did it? Fuck you. <laughs> You're killing me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this was fun. Do you know yeah. we talked for a full hour? We did. We did. That's amazing. I had the best time. Okay. Good. Okay, so we will best of luck, and I'm, I will let you know when this is posted online. Okay, and I will tell everyone on Facebook. You know I do that anyway. Yeah, I know. They all can't wait you to know, hear I'm it. I'm one of those promoters from hell. Oh, you're great <laughs> at it. You're great at it. So. <laughs> Happy 11th day single. Aw, thanks. I'll stop the world and I'll never give you. You've seen the difference and it's getting better all the time. There's nothing new and I won't do. I'll stop the world and I'll give you. So there you go. Oh. It's great. It's so great. Oh, my God. I'm still smiling. It's ridiculous. Well, she just is such a sweetie. Which, if I'm not mistaken, you actually call her sweetie at I the did, end of I it. I did call her sweetie. <laughs> I'm like, is that just a southern thing? Uh, I, you know, the softer side of Spears. Yeah. Um, no, I I just I couldn't help it at the end. I just did it. I, you know. It just, it just, it just popped <laughs> in there. Still, it just I'm popped st- in there. I know. I'm still sitting here grinning like a hyena. I, yeah, it's just, it a, I just, she's so um, approachable. You know, it just, I mean, she just, we'd have a great, you know, ebb and flow. But, uh, yeah. Would you say she's truly dazzling? She's truly dazzling. There's, uh, <clears throat> so Steve, I have one question for you. Okay. Was that interview in 3D? <laughs> no, but your face is. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny because she um she she taught me about I did not know there was another dating app called Bumble right Bumble, yeah. and so she taught me about that. So I got on it and played around with it for um, oh yeah have you yeah yeah for a couple of weeks. And the the thing I found out about Bumble is uh, it's just like Tinder. I mean, pretty yeah. much, but um the the women on Bumble are like ten times hotter. Huh. But, but then I started to wonder, like, are they actually real? Like, is mm. that is that the sh- yeah. is that the shtick? Have they like loaded up a bunch of a uh, bunch of know, stock photography? Yeah, because I'm telling you, I was like, whoa! I mean, the difference between Tinder and Bumble was like, Ugh. huh? I mean, I got to tell you, Steve, this is this is fascinating to me as a guy who's been married for twenty some years. It's it's horrifying, but it's fascinating. So I appreciate you taking one for the team on this one and tell me what's going on out there, what the kids are up to. Yeah. Well, there's an, I have a friend at work who is just about to turn 40. She uses OkCupid. Okay. And, and what we do a lot of times is we we send each other back and forth, forth uh, text messages with like little screen caps of yeah. conversations where some guy has done some ham-handed, you know, <laughs> approach to her and and, uh, and her response and then his response. And I'll do the same. I'll I'll send 
like, that's your best material, bro? Yeah, I'm like, you won't believe this crazy message I got from some chick up north. And so I'll send it to her, and, and she'll just laugh and stuff like that. So, that's I mean, funny. online dating is is um, is not boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's not boring. Well, I, I thought it was interesting how um, Debbie described it as a game. And it's like you kind of connect to it that way, like you know, like you would something you're playing on the Xbox. Oh, I got to get back in there and see what's going on. Yeah, like that's what the, that's where the energy for it kind of comes from. You know anyway. what it's great for? It's it's um in a in a mobile friendly world, uh, online dating is like perfect for your iPhone. Yeah, and so you could be sitting there waiting for a meeting to start. You could be checking out Bumble. Let me check or, some profiles. Yeah, it, it is it is the ultimate. Like you're waiting for your Chinese food. It is the ultimate, you know, time filler. Kind of time filler. Yeah, which is exactly what casual gaming is on your phone. You're right. Yeah, and I mean, I've, I don't do casual gaming on my phone. I do online dating, and um, although I'm, right now I'm kind of taking a break, I just I tried the online dating thing, but Katie told me to stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, I bet you. <laughs> no, I kid, I kid. Do they have like? Do you have to worry about that with your kids? Because do they have um, they have online dating for kids? I mean, I don't know. Do they? <laughs> I mean, I suppose it's something. Thanks. I needed something else to worry about. I suppose it's something I could be <laughs> worrying about. My particular children, I don't worry too much about it. But yeah, that's absolutely in the in the uh, uh, you know absolutely in play. The internet is full of scary people. Just ask me. I'll tell you. I uh, I was I saw your children earlier today. Actually. Oh dear! What they do now? <laughs> I was watching The West Wing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's they, cool. That's they famously cool. appear in a Sonic. They're, they're very young in that picture. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's one of my favorite stories. But literally, yeah. that episode was on like two hours ago. But oh, uh, cool! So back to back to <laughs> Debbie. We had a nice. Now we had a conversation about online dating. I go, I'm, I'm telling you, this is a podcast waiting to happen. Maybe not a good podcast, but a podcast. Yeah, I, there was. Uh, I have a longtime friend back in Tampa Bay, and sh- she has had a lot of experiences with online dating as well. And she and I exchanged tips as well. And She's offered, she has mentioned many times, I think the time is ripe for a podcast or a blog or a column on, uh, you know, online dating stories and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, it would be really, that could, could be really interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know. You've heard, you've heard my deepest and darkest online dating stories. They're like, right. I've told them yeah, all to you. There's some crazy stuff out there, boys and girls. There's stuff that I cannot share on the podcast. <laughs> that is, is NC 27. Yeah. Forget yeah. NC 17. Yeah, yeah, exactly. NC thirty-seven. So it's weird, but but uh, Debbie's great, and um, hoping to, to to meet up with her soon, and we'll resolve the terms of this bet that we made. Um, in the meantime, uh, I think it's time that you and I make a wager on something. Okay, what's that? The, the seggies. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. We'll play a snippet from a movie from the eighties if you get it right. You're entered into the drawing to get a. Do we still have bottle openers? I still have a. I have maybe enough to get us through the summer. Oh, okay. So I can... I, I, and if I, if, if you guys are lame and don't get answers, they might last through the rest of the year. I don't know. Oh, they'll get them. <laughs> I'll get some more ordered. I'll, no I'll, we'll find some more swag to order soon. Uh, in the meantime, pay attention. Here's the clip from our last show. Man, I hate stupid girls. Marry a stupid girl, you have stupid kids. That's under the cherry moon. Ah, Prince. Steve, did you pick that before we found out? Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. We've had a lot of inquiries like, oh, my gosh, how, how, that's a strange coincidence. Like, yeah. well, no, you know, magic of production. Yeah. I, 
we don't we don't usually uh, pull back the curtain very often on stuff. Yeah. Those clips get picked at the last second. Right. I mean, that's that's the last thing probably that happens when you right. put the show together. When we record the show, we we pause for a second, and then a week later, when I finally get around, when we finally get around to finishing the show, I'm like, oh, oh, that's right. Oh, we need a movie. Wait, what have I used lately? Oh. So we had recorded the show, which was an '80s News Now show, and then yeah. I think we recorded it that Sunday, and then Prince mm-hmm. Prince died on Thursday, right? And so we then recorded the Prince tribute, and then That's finished the production on this one. I finished this one and had it ready to go so that the decks were and decks were clear before we did the right. It's just it's been a crazy. My conversation with Debbie was recorded before all of that. Wasn't before it? all of yeah. this happened, yeah. So I mean, it, it, um, timeline's a little out of whack right yeah. now. We'll get on track here. I know. After this, we promise. Uh, read some of the winners. Or double your money back. This week's winners include Todd in Minnesota, Chris in Kansas, and Kevin Serving Wench. Only three people. Wow. If you prefer, it could be Kevin Pipe Wench. <laughs> just, that sounds wrong. It sounds like a... No, I don't want to go there. No more NC-27. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. Grasshopper disassemble. If you know it, email us at steve at sit80s.com or brad at sit80s.com. Ah, the mystical refrain of name that 80s tune. You know the drill by now. We will play a snippet of a song from the 80s. Again, you are challenged to get it right and to be entered into the drawing for the uh, bottle openers. Uh, Pay attention. Here is the sad clip. That's Pop Life by Prince. Um, that Prince pot, that Prince tribute we did um, last week, and that really was like, uh, that we got a lot of nice comments on it. Yeah, it was not an easy show to do. No, uh, just not a topic anybody really wants to look at. It's like, oh, today I will pull my mortality out of the closet and and take a look at it. Like, nah, I don't really want to do that. Ugh. I was um to 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 pull the curtain back a little further. <laughs> Again, <laughs> not an NC twenty seven thing. Um, Oof, thank goodness. As we record this podcast, I don't know when you'll be listening to it, but we're recording it on Mother's Day. Um, yesterday I was back home. In Clearwater, honoring uh, your mother, honoring my mom, I'm taking her to dinner, and we had this. And she she gave me a copy of uh, Oh People Magazine or Us Magazine, the Prince Edition, which I promptly forgot to bring home with. Oh. It's still sitting there on the, yeah. the nightstand back home. But we we had a long conversation uh, late last night about Oh yeah Prince and David Bowie, and she didn't know that David Bowie had died. Um, wow. I'm like, mom, how did you not know that David Bowie died? Um, like, like so many people today, she doesn't get a daily newspaper anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, she gets the news from, you know, where people her age get the news from. And you, sometimes you miss a story like that. And so yeah. we, um, I queued up uh, YouTube with my Chromecast and I played her a bunch of David Bowie songs. And then I, I tried to play her some Prince songs, but you know, how difficult that is. Yeah, you got to have it on your in your library. So that didn't work out so well. But um, you know, so what I, was your mom's take on it? Yeah, I'd be curious to hear. Her. She was, I mean, she knew Prince a lot better. Than yeah, she knew Bowie. She didn't understand Bowie. She always said, um, 
Um, her favorite moment with David Bowie was the um, duet with Bing Crosby. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like the Coffee Achievers commercial. <laughs> so I I played her that bit from the TV show Extras with Ricky Gervais where David Bowie's singing the song about Ricky Gervais. Yeah. And I thought that was funny. She thought that was stupid. Um, yeah. Which, you know, I probably would too if I were 73 years old. Uh, but, sure. Humor. Yeah, that's kind of generational. Um, exactly. So it was sad. And, you know, it's always sad when you lose someone. Sure. Um, but we shall persevere um, by reading some of this week's winners. We move forward by reading this very long list of winners. This week's winners include Bernie the Dutch Oven Lindemann, Sweet Lou (laughs) Grilly, Kurt in Dirty Jersey, Phil from Adelaide, Todd in Minnesota. Ooh, Todd, both sides of the equation on that one. Nice going. Joshua in Birmingham, Dan in Omaha. Dr. Dim, Becky in Windsor, California, Cecil Calhoun, Gabriel, we're all Devo Daigle, Trinette Mackey, Dr. Jean-Marc Bovey with a broken purple heart. Oh, I was just feeling better, Mr. Bovey, Dr. Bovey, and you had to do that. Timmy in Camp Crystal Lake, David Bradshaw, and Kim Engler in Iowa. I, I want to know from Bernie, what's the, what's the story on the nickname Dutch Oven? Like, the why Dutch do they call him the Dutch Oven? Like, I know what a Dutch Oven is. I do, too. I use them all the time. I don't think that's the, I don't think you and I are talking about the same thing. <laughs> you sicko. <laughs> Which, you know what's funny is I had a girlfriend once. Um, Just that one time. <laughs> I had many, many girlfriends. But uh, I had a girlfriend once. The Niagara Falls area. And I remember yeah, she was from Canada. That's okay. That's, that's, that's fair. Um, but I remember it was the first time we slept together. And we got into the bed. She's like, whatever you do. She said, whatever you do, don't do. Don't give me a Dutch oven. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, are you out of your mind? Why would I do that? She's like, well, every guy I've been with has done that. <laughs> I'm like, are you out of your mind? Oh my god! You know, you gotta stop dating girls from the truck stop. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to upgrade. That's true. Uh, let's spin the wheel and find out who won the um, the. I actually do have a Dutch oven here I could give away, but except for it would cost me eighty dollars <laughs> in postage. It's a lot of money to spend it. Yeah, to uh, we'll it. just give him a bottle opener. That'll be a lot cheaper. Spin the wheel, and let's see. It's gonna land on. Oh, Dan in Omaha! Congratulations. Hey, nice. So, you, do you think Dan knows Lady Fanny from Omaha? Oh, Lady! Fanny. Oh, Lady! He speaks of you with great affection. <laughs> Uh, Dan, you'll have to send us your street address so we can mail it to you. Uh, and by we, Steve means me. Well, I, I, I have a few. I'll do it. I'm not, I'm not without a heart. Oh, I've got all this stuff at my desk. The truth is, they sat for a long time, and I just finally had to get all this stuff in one place so I could just do them. So send me the, send me the info, send me the deets, Dan, and I will get it in the mail the next day. Did we ever send the one to the guy who we forgot to send it to before we went on the cruise? I did that yesterday. Yes. Actually, no, it was Thursday. It wasn't even yesterday. Anyway. Anyway. Stuff. Yes, they're all sent. <laughs> it was just like, people at home were just like, like oh, my God, really? online means. dating and now the U.S. Postal Service? Yes, by all means. Get, get, drown yourself in the details, guys. Uh, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery tune. If you know it and you, too, do not want a Dutch oven... <laughs> Email us at Steve at SIT80s or Brad at SIT80s.com and and tune in next week to find out if you are a wiener. We'll be right back after this commercial break. 
When you get hold of the Nintendo Entertainment System. When you master Rob the Video Robot and meet the challenge of Gyromite. When you shoot the light-sensing Zapper. When you play the system with the most arcade hits. You're playing with power. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. We have just a few minutes left, and I just want to talk just for a couple seconds about the 80s cruise because we had some news this week. Yeah, they, they've got some announcements. Um, now performing on the 2017 voyage of the 80s cruise will be Howard Jones. Oh, that's so great. He is so good live. How many so times have you fun. seen him? I've seen him at least I twice. Think I've only seen him once. I saw him on the, re- on the Retro Futura tour with um, Tom Bailey. And he oh, was so good. Oh, my gosh. He's great. He's so good. And there's not a song he'll play that you won't recognize. Yeah. Um, just, and it just it will lift, he will lift you up and put you on his shoulders and carry you about the wee auditorium. Yeah. He has sing-alongs. It's, it's fantastic. Um, also appearing, uh, returning, I should say, Tiffany is coming back. She's coming back as an event... Um, like host. as a hostess, host. host. Yeah, she'll still she'll still get up and sing with some of the bands. Like she'll she'll get up and sing with Jesse's Girl, and, yeah, and I, I would fun. be shocked if she didn't sing something with Debbie Gibson. Well, yeah, or or at least you know stage a cat fight for us. <laughs> That'd be great. And then um, comedian Alonzo Bowden also is returning, nice. so that's good. So a familiar face for those who were there on 2016. Um, here's the other interesting news: um, everybody who books before May 15th. Um, is entered into a drawing, uh, not for a bottle opener, although a bottle no, opener sir. would come in. There will be one deployed, yeah. yeah. Um, you and your cabin mate get a week's worth of free drinking. Um, that is a That price has value beyond measure. Yeah. If you're on the 2016 cruise, you know that there was much merriment. There are definitely people who were like, this is seven days of getting my drink on. Like yeah. I don't know how they were walking around by the end of it. Right. Um, so you basically, it, I forget how it works. It, it works in the sense of, I think you get a, a cabin credit that basically covers the premier drinking plan. So you right. will not be uh, paying for a single drink on the 2017 cruise. And I think that's cool. And, and that applies yeah. to everybody. And if, and if you didn't drink, then that's great. Cause you could use it for something else. Yeah. I presume that that would work that way. So the, um, the drawing, this, 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 this sweepstakes applies to everybody. So if you were one of the people who booked on the trip, Back, um, you know, when we were still on the boat, or right when we got off the boat, um, you're entered into it too. If you're someone who hasn't booked yet, but you do it before May fifteenth, you're entered into it too. So you never know. Sweet. In the meantime, that's all we have for today. I can guarantee you, it will not be another six years before I talk to Debbie, because as you heard at the end of the interview, she and I will check back in with each other before the end of the year for another official podcast, and we'll find it's out. It's a wager. It's a wager. In the meantime. Uh, Feel free. Check out April Fool's Day. Check out Valley Girl, Brad Williams. I love Valley Girl. (laughs) And in the meantime, we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s.
Stuck in the 80s is a Class of 85 production. Please listen responsibly. In the meantime, that's all we have for today. I can tell you with a... F- Berg! 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 I don't know why I'm doing Berg.